0: Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Little bit this morning. I'm he- that, um, you know, that, that unfolds through the course of life. And, uh, you know, ultimately, are we writing our story or are we allowing him to write our story? That was for free. That wasn't in my message. But thank you, Nushi, for sharing that. That was just beautiful. Um, but I just want to uh, welcome you all here this morning. Well done for just as I get myself organized. Uh, well done for making it to church, families, and mothers. Happy Mother's Day. You know what? Mothers make the world go round. They are incredible. I salute you. You are amazing. And I just want to honor and salute every solo mum here today. You are incredible. Every stepmother, every grandmother you all have a part to play in a family's life and you know sometimes it's un, un well let's say unseen certain things that you know from from birth when you have your child you wake up throughout the night you hear every little murmur every little cry and someone lying next to you doesn't seem to hear it they might but they just probably pretend that they're still asleep I'm still waking up to my six-year-old or my seven-year-old some nights and I think, oh, please, no, I've been doing this for 14 and a half years. This needs to stop. But you know what? You love your kids. You do what you have to do. But it is, I have to say, it's an honour being a mum. It's the greatest gift and calling on your life, first and foremost. I see that, you know, some of us are career women uh, and, um, you know, some of us have aspirations and desires, but first and foremost... Your children have been given to you and they are a blessing from God. Even though some days you feel like, hey, is this really a blessing? They are a blessing. Amen. So I just want to declare uh, this over every mother here this morning. So, you know, in your little little, uh, gift that we had, the, the nice little gift with chocolates, and it has a little card in there. And this isn't to throw away mummies. I want you to keep this by your bedside. I want you to put it in your Bible, put it in your journal. But I want to declare this over every mum this morning. Is this okay? In Proverbs 31, 25, strength and dignity are your clothing. And her position is strong and secure. And she smiles at the future, knowing that she and her family are prepared. Amen. Amen. Come on, I want you to claim that. I want you to speak that over your world. Why don't we just thank our mums once again? Come on. We love you. We salute you. We honour you. You are amazing. Well, you know, I know even sometimes Mother's Day is a hard day for some of you here. You don't have your mums with you here anymore. You know, I know sometimes Mother's Day is a hard day to celebrate because your relationship with your mum isn't great either. And some of you are battling out that that solo mum role and I salute you, I honour you, you are incredible. Okay, But I know that God sees and I feel like God's hand is extended out to you today and I really feel like that if you need reconciliation in your family between a relationship with your mum, I see that happening in your heart and your life today. And also I really see that strength and hope from circumstances that have happened to divide your family, I really see that God's going to give you mums that strength and that hope that you can raise your kids. And this is a quote that I read from uh, Lisa Bevere, and it says, don't carry the burden of motherhood alone. Invite God in and let him fill your cup. You know, God is into family, and even though that we've stuffed it up because we're human, we have, we've messed it up, but you know, and how God intended family to be. But I know that his grace is sufficient today for you and I, that he can stand in the gap where... We've messed it up or we don't know what to do, but His grace is sufficient. And I just know, and I want to say to you today, there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. No matter what has happened in your family situation, there is no judgment. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And I know that He can bring hope to you today. And I know today in the mess and the mistakes that we've made, there's a message of hope for you and I. Amen. You know, and that brings me today that uh, what was on my heart to share this message and the title is Family Matters. And uh, as I said before, my heart is not to bring judgment or condemnation, but I really feel like this message, I want to to enlighten and encourage you today that wherever you find yourself, wherever you find yourself today, whatever upbringing that you have had, that you know what, His grace and uh, sufficient love is here for you today. You know, right back in the beginning, God was into family. He was into family. Let me read this to you. In Genesis 2, 18, it says, Then the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. Right there, he spoke that. It is not good for man to be alone because his heart, the Father's heart, was to have family in humanity. And then we read on in Genesis 21, it says, So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. If you really read that scripture, it's actually quite mind-blowing. Right in the beginning, God made man. Then how creative God is, he took out a rib to create woman to become one, to become family. And then we read on. This one is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and his mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united in one. You know, sometimes family is all we have for better or for worse. But who knows? That there's an enemy out there contending for our family situation, for better or for worse, and he wants to break up that powerful connection which we see and I've seen in my own life, in my own upbringing. But God, but God, what matters to you matters to God. And I know some of you here today, I want this message not to sadden you or go look at my life, look at where I am, but I want it to encourage you and enlighten you that with God's center of your world, you can get through the possible. That those that are married, that are, those are only just been married, that what is ahead with God's center, you can get, get through. He will give you the strength. He will give you the hope. He will give you the tools that you need. Amen. You know what? God is into family. What matters to you matters to God. When God came to the earth, He came to earth, to a family and through a family. Now, the reason why He came to a family and through a family is because He was coming to redeem family, because we messed it up right back in the beginning. He came, He brought Jesus Christ to the earth, to a family and through a family, the reason why God created man wasn't because he was lonely, because he's God. The reason why God created man is because he wanted to have someone to share this beautiful planet, this beautiful world that we live on, and, and, and to, to enjoy the magnificence of it. Family matters to God, guys. Family matters to God. Now, if you look through the Bible, and if you go to uh, 1 Chronicles, there's so many genealogies in there, uh, and and they're full of them, and you can see clearly God is into family, and He goes through and He's talking about the descendants and the sons of this, and I'm not going to read it because there's a there's a lot in it, there's a lot of names that I can't even pronounce, um, so I'm not even going to try. But when you read that script, those scriptures. Through 1 Chronicles, it's, it's about family. It's about, you know, this family, a part of this family, and he was the sons of that family. So it's clearly shown that God is into families. But I want to enlighten you today that, so you don't beat yourself up, that we all come from dysfunction, okay? The Bible here is full of dysfunctional families. Now, when I read that, it makes me feel a little bit better. It's like, hey, I'm not the only one on the planet that has a little bit of dysfunctionalness, if that's a word, in my life or in my family. It is right there in the Word. There was dysfunction, but it happened right at the beginning when Adam and Eve, the temptation came and they ate the apple. We all know the story. Dysfunction came. Sin came into the world. It was there. It's reality. And I just want to have a look at 1 Chronicles 4 9. It says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Now, not one of us got to choose our parents. Not one of us got to choose the family we were born into. Now, I'm not saying that. Hear what I'm saying. It's we were born into a family. We actually personally didn't get to choose that. Now, hear what I'm saying. We arrived into certain dysfunctions, certain uh, assets, certain uh, benefits. We also inherited some challenges as well. Now, do you know that in the Old Testament, that children's names uh, were given uh, were given to them, and that didn't just identify their identity, but it also shaped their character, and ultimately, it determined their destiny because every time. Then every time they, they confessed their name, that was who they were. Now let me explain that. Is that when, for example, when God, when God wanted to bring breakthrough to um, Abram, he had to change his name to Abraham, which is the father of many, Abraham, the the breath of God. Now I th- I thought about that when I was reading that scripture. And I thought about. When we had our children and we came to naming our children, and I remember looking through a name book, right? And I would read the meanings of the names that, that were sort of pressing on our heart to now my kids. And I would read names and i go, no, nah, that doesn't sit right. And I've seen that actually unfold. What you name your kids, you actually see as they grow up, that, that actually is them as a person, that character. So Ella actually means light, and so I see that in Ella, that is actually who she is. She's a, she, she she lights up the room when she walks in. Everything she does, she's light. I see Zachary. Zachary means the Lord remembers, and oh my goodness, that is so true of him as a person, as his character and person. He will be remembered for something, as we tame the highly spirited child. So hear what I'm saying here. So so Jabez's mother didn't care about her future, right? because of her present pain. She wasn't thinking about the future. She wasn't thinking about, hey, I I, I named my child uh, uh, Jabez, which actually means misery, one who brings pain. So you can imagine introducing your child saying, hey, here's my child, Jabez. It means misery. Misery, speaking that out. She named her child through the place that she was in when she gave birth. In this situation, now it doesn't actually really explained it a lot in, in this particular scripture but in this situation there was obviously no father present the father obviously took off he you know there was obviously some circumstance that didn't that didn't make him stick around when she gave birth to, to uh, Jabez and uh, back in back in those days the dad would normally main, name the child so here Jabez, Jabez's mom thrust her pain into her new life and that's why she called him that. Misery. Out of her pain, she named her child. And right there, look at that. That is unfair inheritance. Now, some of you today have been born into a family or you've had an upbringing that maybe has been unfair, an unfair inheritance. But let me read this to you in 1 Chronicles, and we read on a little further. And later on in Jabez's life, he cried out to God, the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me because he was born into a miserable life, right? He was born into circumstances that that were out of his control. But as he grew up, he thought, I don't want to live that out. Even though my name means misery, one who brings sorrow, I don't want that to label who I am. So as he grew up, he came into a place. He said, God, I want to see, right, this has been my upbringing. This is a pattern in my family. There's some dysfunction here, but... I'm going to speak. Oh God, would you bless me and enlarge my territory? Let your hand be on me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. Amen. Come on. Why don't we give God a hand today? Because you can be free from your pain. You can be free from your dysfunction. He doesn't have to label you. Come on. All right, I want you to work with me here this morning. Draw the word out. This is in me and I'm excited about Uh, sharing the rest with you. Can I tell you today that whatever you have arrived into, whatever you have grown up with, there's a God in heaven that is working for you. And just, I just want to encourage you, allow Him in and to work on your behalf. You know, I feel that's a word for someone here today. That God is working on your behalf. God is love. I know we hear that all the time, but He is love. And you know, the greatest thing a child needs is to see their mother and father show love towards each other. Now that is not to, uh, to, uh, to, bring, to make anyone feel bad that their marriages haven't worked out at all and, um, and just due to different circumstances. But, but who knows, that's why we need church. We need the family of God to help us through and let God fill the gap. But God is love and we live in a world where love has been screwed up. But I know that you have the opportunity today, no matter your upbringing, no matter what you've carried in your life, that if you bring God's centre of that, he can break those chains. He can break those patterns of what you have inherited from generations, from generations that have gone before you. Amen. There's a moment in every marriage and every relationship where there is challenge and it's hard and it's downright painful. Come on, who knows what I'm talking about? Every relationship is not perfect. I'm not just talking about marriage, babe. It is. There's challenges, it's painful, there's heartache. Come on, who knows what I'm talking about? There's no perfect family, there's no perfect human being. But God, oh my goodness, thank goodness for God who brings back families, who can bring healing to the broken. You know, love starts with a feeling But when love is watered, it grows. When it's attended to, it grows and it matures. You know what I'm talking about. Mature love overlooks and sticks. But a feeling love comes and goes. If I feel like it, I will. I'll be out, you know, if something else better comes along, I'll run for that. We need to water our relationships, church. We need to keep watering it because they will flourish. Even in, not in our marriages, but in our relationships that God's put in your world, even your relationship with your kids, your relationships with your, your parents, your siblings. We need to water those. Sometimes we need to look past what has happened. Maybe offense has happened and crept in. But you know what? You can either make a decision to stay in that place of offense. You you can either make a decision to stay in the place of things that have happened that have been unjust, or you can actually go, I'm going to forgive, I'm going to let go, because you will be loose. As soon as you you show forgiveness, that thing will uh, set you free. And I've seen that happen in my own life. Forgiveness is the root of all evil. And it can chew you up, it can tear you down, and it can destroy your life. Come on. God's love for us is unconditional. And you know what? He wants us to have that in our relationships, in our parenting with our kids, in our marriages, any relationship we have. He wants us to have that unconditional love towards each other. And that's not a love with conditions. And do you know what society, I feel like that we have as, as humanity, we put conditions on things. You know what, if you do that for me, I'll do that for you. If, if you know your kids, if you achieve that grade, if you get AIDS, well then you'll get this. You know what, we need to have that unconditional love no matter what. Because God has unconditional love for us. He does, you know what, He, he wipes out every sin. He does not remember your past. It is washed out. Sometime you can stand before God and say, God, I'm, you know, remember this. He goes, what? What are you talking about? I've wiped that out. I've wiped that clean. I do not remember. No conditions. Unconditional. Now, in Romans, uh, Numbers 14, 18, in the Message Bible, it says, God's slow to get angry and huge in loyal love, forgiving iniquities and rebellion and sin, still never just Whitewashing sin, but excluding the fallouts of parents' sin to children in the third and fourth generation. You know what, as I've said before, that we're all born into some sort of dysfunction, born into a history, born into bents, born into, um, you know, lots of different things, and it goes back three and four generations. And we carry that dysfunction into our relationships, into our marriages, into the way we raise our kids but I've got some good news for you today. Jesus came to deliver us. He came with power to set you and I free from whatever you were born in with and into through Jesus Christ. That is why, church, he went to the cross. He went to the cross for you and I to bring freedom and deliverance in Jesus' name. And you know what? Whatever, I identify, or whatever identifies these things in your life, you can say no more. No more. I don't want to think, I don't want to behave, I don't want to be like this anymore in your relationship, in your marriage, in your parenting. And I better hurry on because I just saw that the, the, the clock is ticking. You know what some of you today need to be free from from things that you've been brought up with or just generational things that have been placed on your life and there's a line of it. It could be abuse, it could be anger. It could be divorce, it could be anxiety, depression, it could be negativity, whatever that is, these are real things that we inherit. And you know, in my family, there was a a generational thing of divorce and affair that carried from my grandparents into their children. And I knew as a young girl growing up, as a teenage girl, that my parents went their separate ways when I was younger, but praise God, I still grew up in an amazing home. But there was that thing that lingered and there was a desire in my heart that the day I got married, it was gonna, I want it to be for the rest of my life. And it was a desire as a young girl. And I know that that was contended in my teenage years and that was very contended when I was engaged to be married. But I had to make a decision right then and there to either let it swallow me up and to follow that pattern, that thing that was a generational, I don't like to say this word, but like a curse on my family. And I felt like God saying, Melissa, are you going to fight for that thing? Are you going to break that thing? And I did. I remember saying, God, through prayer, through a bit of counsel, I said, God, I break that chain in Jesus' name. It is finished. It does not carry on from here through to my life, to, to my relationships, to my children, to their children, children. I break it in Jesus' mighty name. And, you know, you can do that. You might not have not have had a, a family like that. You've probably had a pretty great upbringing. But there's always something that is in our families. And I'm seeing even, you know, uh, raising our kids, there's things in us that I go, you know what? That's not good. And I see it. And that's not to be judgmental to my parents and my grandparents, but they're things that have been inherited, that have been passed on from generation. That I believe that we can stand up today as believers and we can cry out to God and say, it is finished. I draw a line in the sand. That thing is not going to carry on into my kids and that's not going to carry into their kids and their kids in Jesus' name. Come on, who's with me this morning? That is why we need Christ, church. That is why humanity needs Christ and they need salvation. And we need church. We need the community of church alongside each other saying, you know what, you can get through this. I know that you're on your own. I know you're raising your kids on your own, but we can do this together. And that's why we need the Word of God. This is sharper than a two-edged sword. You know what, we can complain and talk about what's going on in our world till the cows come home. But that's not going to change anything. This book, reading the Word of God, declaring scriptures over your life, over your kids, is what's going to change and break those chains off your world. Come on. We need to hold tight of this. This Word is alive. It is not boring. I tell you what, come on. You need to, you need to have that by your bedside to remind you, I need to read it. Some of you, it's getting a bit dusty. Some of you, it's grown cobwebs. And I want to encourage you to open it up. Come on. This Bible, I stole it. It's not mine. It's my brother-in-law's and it's well used. Come on. It's falling apart. That is a good, well-loved Bible. The Word of God. It will highlight those behaviors. It will make you feel a bit convicted. But you know what? I need to hear that. I'm like, Melissa, you're being silly. Come on, deal with that stuff. Come on, stop being a baby. Come on, you're a mature woman. You know what? Your kids are watching. They're listening. You need to stop that. Reading this, this will convict you. This will help you. This will guide you in Jesus' name. Come on. And you know what? The Holy Spirit can be that voice. And I also want to share something with you, which I didn't actually ask permission from my husband, but I am because I'm going to be real and honest and vulnerable because we're all human. We all go through the same things. It's nothing bad. But you know what? Me, me growing up as, as a young girl, I was not naturally affectionate. My mum would say, even as a young baby, you weren't affectionate. You'd try and cuddle you, but you'd just resist. And, you know, who knows why? I so well, that's just who, who I am as a person. But over my life, just because of circumstances of family life, what I did is I put a wall around me to go, that was my sort of defense mechanism of coping in the situation in my family. Now, hear what I'm saying. I had an amazing family and upbringing. But there were still things of having to go to Dad's house, back to Mum's house and things. So it was like a protective thing. And so I, I find growing up into my teenage years, my early adult years, and then coming into my married life, I can actually very easily show affection through my words and even to girlfriends. But when it came into my marriage relationship, I found it hard to show affection. I'm getting all teary here, but that's okay. Because God has worked in my heart. Don't distract me, babe. God has worked in my heart. It was like an area that I was protecting. But over the years, I felt the Holy Spirit say, Melissa, you know what? You desire things in your relationships. But as you step out in areas that you fear and that you're vulnerable with, you watch what I will do and I'll break those things off your life. And I made a decision in my relationship that as my husband would walk into the home, he'd be like, hey, how you going? I actually made a conscious effort to go up and hug him or give him a kiss. It was out of my comfort zone to open myself up. But I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying to some of you today, it might not be in that area, it might be you grew up in a home of anger and you find that that is flowing out into your parenting without even you even knowing it. It's how you respond because in your home life, there was just, that's just how your parents dealt with things. It was just anger always in the home. So the way you deal things, it's just snapping, it's anger. You know, it might be in the way of communication. You grew up in a home or, you know, you weren't taught to communicate or you just shut down. There's these little things that we all have in our upbringings that have been passed on from generation to generation. But I feel like, church, it's not too late. We can make those changes. But what it is, it's actually opening your heart up. And even in your relationships, it's saying, you know, it might be in a married relationship or in a friendship relationship, even with with your parents, your siblings. I don't know what it is. But, you know, we all have blind spots. There's things that we don't see but our loved ones see. And what that takes is opening up and saying, you know what, I see this in you and I just feel like it's hindering our relationship, it's hindering our family. Come on, let's join together and fight for that thing and I want to help you, you know, uh, grow in this area and do that better. It's having a teachable, a humble heart. You know, communication is the key to strong, healthy relationships. And over the generations, that's been broken down. But God wants to restore that today. Do you know that God doesn't throw stones? He doesn't bring judgment. And we're not called to do that either. Back in the Bible, stones were there to create altars. Altars of transformation. And, you know, that's why we do church. That's why we create a place so that there's an altar that you can come in to be transformed. You can lay down those things in your life. You can lay down those things that you have grown up with. You can lay down those hurts, those burdens, everything that you carry to bring transformation. The way you treat your spouse, the way you treat your kids, the way you speak, act, respond can either either build up or tear down. And the enemy's ultimate mission is to bring division. To bring division into your relationships, to bring division in your home, to bring division in your family, in your your marriage, to bring division with your children. And I want to say to you today that all of us have stuff on our mother's and our father's side. But instead of fighting against each other and against those things, we need to fight together. We need to fight together to that lineage, that that generational things that we carry in and through life and into our families and that we see them broken. We need to not fight against each other in our relationships. We need to come together and fight together. Fight for those things that need to be broken. Amen. You know, what are you willing to fight for? What are you willing to fight for? Because I know I'm willing to fight. I'm willing to continue to fight for my family, to willing to fight for those generational things that have been passed down so that I see my kids just soaring and not having to carry stuff through into their lives. And you know what, some of you think, oh, I don't really have anything, you know, my life's perfect, my parents are perfect. You know what, if you really thought about it, we all have maybe something little, maybe something little that you know and I want to encourage you to open your ears up and allow the Holy Spirit to show you what that is. Because we all have something. Some of us bigger things. Some of us maybe smaller things. But I want you to open your, your heart up and say, Holy Spirit, what are those things? You know, it might be in your marriage relationship. And that you can come together and say, you know what, we're going to fight together. We're going to pray together. We're going to see these things shift. And I see that this is the same with the family of God, in the house of God, that we can fight for each other because family matters, not in your own biological family, but in the family of God. And the enemy wants to come to bring division into church. He wants to bring dysfunction. But you know what? We need to stand up. We need to fight for each other. We need to have each other's backs. We need to celebrate each other because we need each other, don't we? Come on. We need each other. And the key is, church, as I said, let's base our relationships and how we do family by the Word of God. And let that be your guide, your go-to, and your counsel. And I want to finish off reading just a couple of scriptures that can be your guide, that can be your go-through, and that can be your counsel. Because that's will what will set you free. That is what will give you hope. And let me read these to you. Ephesians 4, 22 to, 20, 22 to 24. Why don't you stand to your feet? Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupt by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. 1 Peter 4. Above all have fervent and unfailing love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. It overlooks unkindness and unselfishly seeks the best of others. Romans 15, may God who gives this patience and encouragement help you live in complete harmony with each other as it is fitting for the followers of Jesus Christ. Hebrews thirteen four. give honour to marriage and remain faithful to one another in marriage. Proverbs 1, 7, Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Proverbs 3.3, never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder, write them deep within your heart. Why don't you just close your eyes? You can live your life off these scriptures and you will never fail come on I want you to hold the hand of the person next to you if you're standing next to your spouse hold their hand or put your arm around them if you're standing next to your kids or your children if you don't have any family you know what we are the family of God So every hand together. Because family matters. Family matters. And some of you have been battling it alone for so long. But God has brought you into this house. He's brought you into the family of God. Where you can feel accepted. You can feel loved. And that you can get through no matter what you're going through. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just pray right now for every single person in this place today. Firstly, I pray for every single marriage. Standing here, every covenant of marriage. God, I pray right now. Lord, a head of protection over their lives. God, I pray that you will come in through your work, your Holy Spirit. God, and that they will stand together as husband and wife and fight for each other. God, fight for each other, speak into those lineages, speak into those things that have been generational things that have been passed on, that they will identify those things and they will speak and they'll proclaim the name of Jesus and they will see those things broken off their lives. Lord, I see families working together more. God, I pray that you will equip every single person here to raise their kids. God, we are not perfect, but you give us the Word of God to to give us wisdom to raise our kids. And I pray right now, Father, for godly families to raise up in the house of God, godly families to raise up in society, to speak truth, to speak wisdom, to show how we can do family as best as we can. And God, I pray that right now, you give every single parent wisdom, the tools they need to raise their kids. And God, I just pray, Father, why don't you lift your hands to heaven right now? Come on. Some of you here today, if it's okay, it's an it's a enlightening message, but also it's a moving message. But some of you here today, actually all of us, there's things in our world, in our upbringings, in our unfair inheritances that we're still holding on to and I feel like the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you and identify those things. And as you allow him to, He'll give you the tools. He'll give you, He'll give you the scriptures. He'll put the right people around you to walk with you to see you free from those things. Thank you, Lord, why don't every, every person praying in this place. Come on, just one last minute before we close. Come on, let's fight for our families. Let's fight for our relationships. Let's have each other's back. Come on, come on. Let's pray in this place. Every person praying, every person praying. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Come on, come on. Father, I pray that you will set people free. Father, set people free this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Burdens lift, weights lift in Jesus' mighty name. Holy Spirit, God, we put place everything into your hands today. Lord, we thank you, Father, for your grace is sufficient for us today. God, we find our strength and our hope in you. In Jesus' mighty name, thank you, Lord.